1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
2: per order. Additional terms apply.
0: The Pagoulas have been hard at work looking to fill vacancies for both general manager roles for the Bills and Sabres. The Bills confirmed yesterday that Texans director of player personnel Brian Gain interviewed for the position. However, Carolina Panthers beat reporter Joe Person was on with Howard and Jeremy on Friday. He said he'd be surprised if Carolina's assistant GM, Brandon Bean, wasn't ultimately the choice when it was all said
3: and done. I'll be surprised if Brandon Bean doesn't get that job. I know the Panthers don't want to lose him. Might they try to block him? Because I think there was a defensive coach down here, Al Holcomb, whom McDermott wanted to talk to. Sounds like if they did not put the block on, they strongly discouraged it. But I think they don't want to be in the business of holding back a guy who's kind of given his life to the organization.
0: All has been quiet on the Sabres front. Ken Campbell from the from the Hockey News reported yesterday that Kings assistant GM Mike Fuda was told by the Sabres he was out of the running, leaving Pittsburgh's Jason Botterill as the clear favorite in hand. Our Paul Hamilton joined Sal Capaccio at 1130 on Sports Talk Saturday for his take on the Sabers GM search. Continuing coverage of the Bills and Sabers new management changes. Brought to you by Losi and Genji Workers Compensation and Personal Injury Attorneys working hard for hardworking Western New Yorkers. To the NHL playoffs, where the Oilers spoiled a tremendous opportunity to go up in their series against the Anaheim Ducks after blowing a three-goal lead late in the third period yesterday. Corey Perry scored in the second overtime to give the Ducks a 3-2 series lead. Going back to Edmonton and St. Louis, the Blues force a Game Six with a 3-1 win to home last night against the Preds. Game Six shift back to Nashville. To the NBA, LeBron. James put out another unbelievable performance in game three last night against the Raptors, pushing their series to three to nothing after a 1-15, to win. Uh, and then in Houston, after stealing game one on the road, Houston has dropped two straight against the Spurs, following last night's one three to ninety two loss. I'm Nate Geary for WGR Sports Radio five fifty. Inside High School Sports, coming your way next.
4: GR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school
0: sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Calagiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning and welcome to Inside
5: High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Calagiri, along with Frank Wolf, Roger Weiss, and Mark Quell Slaughter in the house. Good to see you, buddy. Morning, guys. The Quell is back. <laughs> the Quell is back. Absolutely. Morning, guys. Moaning, y'all. Thank you very much. Well, it's actually, I think the the big news of the day right now is it's not raining right now. <laughs> At least not this second. <laughs> well, that's kind of what we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about the uh, rainouts and the effect that it's had on uh, high school and youth, uh, baseball and softball. Lacrosse has been able to get some games in, so they've been. Uh, been all right so we have a lot uh lots to go over there plus we have news and notes we're also going to touch base with len jankowitz we're going to talk about the western new york amateur alliance combine and we have len on the line right now nate you got that punched up good morning len
3: morning guys how
5: are you uh, doing great and you
3: well, other than the rain I guess everybody has to put up with it, but we're
5: doing fine. Yeah, well we're building an arc here in between the uh commercials. That would be Roger. Thank you very much. <laughs> we're, we're building an arc, Len, so we're going to uh, load it up two by two uh, by the end of the show. Uh, Western New York Amateur Football Alliance uh, coming up Saturday, May the 13th at 5 p.m. It'll be held at St. Francis High School. Uh, let's get into talking about, for anybody who's not familiar, what uh, this is all about.
3: Yeah, Tony, thanks for the opportunity to, uh, just to connect with the kids and the parents out there, really, because, uh, you know, it won't be too long before September rolls around and, uh, the first, uh, Federation game, uh, you know, will be, uh, will be out for everybody to view. So before that, this is kind of like the unofficial start for these kids to get together and, uh, put their, uh, put their talent on the line for the uh, visiting coaches to take a look at. And, uh, this will be May 13th. This is uh, next Saturday now, and like you say, Tony, hopefully by then maybe uh, <laughs> maybe we'll have some sunshine. But on May 13th, uh, at 5 o'clock at the, uh, by the way, the, the beautiful new uh, St. Francis High School football facility, uh, thanks to Jerry Smith, we're going to hold it there uh, this year. Uh, it'll be at 5 o'clock until uh, about 6.30 or so. Uh, I'd like to have the kids uh, register, certainly only through their head coach. I uh, will get into that in a minute, but... Uh, uh, this will be a drill-based combine. I think most combines are kind of coming around to what we're doing. We're not, we're not going to hurt the kids at all by running them in a forty or lifting uh, 225 pounds and hurting them in the off-season for, for other sports. We're just putting their talent on the line in terms of drill-based activities: catching, throwing, you know, blocking pads. And uh, believe it, the, the college coaches love it, Tony, because they can really check out the. The young man's ability, and uh, we're happy to do it this way.
5: And some of the the uh, drills that you're going to be doing is there. Uh, I mean, are the coaches looking at footwork?
3: Yeah, you know, Tony. Uh, the thing that we're doing this year too that we're kind of adopting from other you know Nike combines around the country is that we're actually having uh, college assistants working the drills. In other words, we got visiting coaches from Hobart. Uh, uh, Baldwin Wallace. Uh, we have some coming in from University of Rochester. Those assistants, Tony, will be running in along with uh, some of our high school coaches uh, the drills, and yeah, they're going to look on footwork, athletic ability, and and you know we know we realize that these kids uh, you know haven't been in a football field, and they're not fresh off the gridiron so to speak, but you can really. You know, they really can, um, ascertain their, their athletic ability and the drills that they're going to do. And the nice thing about it is that they're interviewing in front of their next employer. How about that? You know, I mean, these are the college guys, along with the head coaches will be there, but these college coaches will be running around, taking a look at kids, uh, you know, and then later on getting the facts and figures on these kids and checking certainly academics. But, uh, you know, the drill based activities conducted by some college coaches are really I really think really help out our our combine uh, become one of the better ones in the area.
5: You know, one the, I've I've attended a couple of uh, symposiums or clinics where Ken Stolt has demonstrated. You know, in your show and you're showing how to come out of your stance and attack in a bag. Is that some of the stuff that you'll be doing?
3: Yeah, there's a lot, there's so there's not going to be any contact on you. We're not going to have anybody with pads on anything with helmets. It's just a non non contact based uh, drill. You know. No quantitative, uh, quantitative, uh, test being done on athletes, just, just simple, uh, evaluation of their athletic ability in space, you know, and, uh, defensive linemen will, you know, work on shedding drills and so forth. Uh, uh, the offensive linemen will work on footwork, probably, you know, hitting some bags and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, Tony, these are the same kind of drills that the college coaches do with their, uh, college athletes, you know, the first few days in practice. I mean, so they're you know they just got off spring ball. They know what kind of kids they just left. They're going to come into a new environment for high school kids, but they're going to they're going to know from all the years they've been coaching uh, how a young man who might be big you know moves his feet, how he moves his hands, uh, a, a young man who might be catching the football, you know how he concentrates, how he tucks the way, and certainly the arm strength of the quarterbacks. It's uh, it's pretty easily to to figure out uh, athletic ability. All the other things, academic you know, prowess in the classroom, and certainly leadership skills have to be determined later.
5: When a coach comes in, and this is something I was thinking about this morning, and that is, uh, do players pass the eye test? In other words, when when a coach comes in, and, he's, and you know this from all the years you've been around football, is you could tell who's putting time in, uh, working out in the off season. Are coaches paying attention to that?
3: Well, you know, Tony, uh, funny you mention that, too, because I get together with all the, all the combine participants and what i talk to them mostly and certainly uh... first and foremost is that you know we're such a a phone conscious age you know we we kind of forget about looking somebody in the eye and shaking their hand and really being meaningful about a first impression right And this is a job interview for these guys i mean as much as they like football it's kind of a maturation process and it really funny i mean i, I I'll have their attention. They'll be looking me in the eye, and I'll be telling them, "You better look them, you know, all these guys in the eye that you're going to be uh, looking to as your next employer." Because it's so important, Tony, for them to mature as a young man more so than even as a football player. And, and these combines are are great because they 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 throw them, Tony, right into the college ranks quickly. You know, and they have to grow up from being a high school kid, and now they have to. They kind of feel like, boy, this is like big time. You know, and it's kind of nice to see them. You know, come up to the task and most of them do pretty well because by and large, Tony, these are the best junior candidates, seniors to be next year that our Western New York football, uh, high schools have to offer. And it's a, and it's a great event. And I'm, and I'm privileged to, to do it on behalf of the uh, Western New York, you know, amateur football alliance, uh, Milt Dick and Tim Jerome, all these guys help me out. It's, it's really great. And by the way, Eric Ant, he does a great job in registering. He's been my partner for, for probably over Thirteen or fourteen years doing this thing. He's a great friend of mine. He does a lot of work, but it's uh. It's you mean
5: you mean you get him out of the hunting stand? But <laughs> he's not hunting up in a tree in May. <laughs> well, I'm just being funny, Raj. Go with it. We noticed. Uh, yes, you guys do do a great job. The uh, James Mallory on uh, Facebook brought up a, a great point. So many kids are, are they're sitting around waiting for that D1 scholarship offer, and they're neglecting what D2 and D3 have to offer.
3: Well, that's so important.
5: And passing on the chance, uh, mind you.
3: Yeah, I, I think around here we kind of, and, and by the way, it's kind of an anomaly too, because Tony, we're surrounded, and I think Roger knows this too. We have more Division Three football teams, you know, within a hundred and fifty to hundred and seventy-five mile radius of Buffalo than any other any other area in the country, you know. And and it's and it's known that uh, even Alfred last year they they won the Lambert Cup as the as the uh, preeminent uh, dominant force in Division Three football in the East. We have some tremendous, tremendous football going on here. And by the way, uh tremendous educational careers are furthered by these division three schools. Absolutely. Competitive kids that uh that are so so competitive. Tony, believe me, the the line between division one and division three is getting smaller and smaller because they're competitive, the size of the kids are better, you know the only thing different probably is the recruitability of that, of that division 1 athlete but I'll, I'll I'll tell you some division 3 uh, teams around here have division 1 talent and it's and it's no surprise
5: you, know, you you look at if you of a, a school has the uh, major that you want why not go after it don't sit around waiting for Alabama to come knocking on your door when you have a great shot at at, at another school
3: yeah, but by and large, Tony, as a junior, if nobody has uh come to you with an offer from a division one school, probably it won't happen. You gotta be uh you know, realistic about that. But it doesn't mean that you can't further your career right. at the division two or division three level. It's a it's a marvelous opportunity. I mean I you know, you know eons ago I did it myself and I was lucky enough to play football and baseball at the Division Three School. A lot of times you can't do that, but it it's uh it's great now for the for the young man to have a, uh, a you know a football career or whatever division three career coupled with an educational career because by and large that coach is almost a pseudo parent somebody that, that athlete can rely on and, at, uh, at a school when you know times get tough Tony, I mean the parents not there all the time and these kids are uh, looking for you know somebody to lean on you know some some person that has an adult point of view that they don't get otherwise their coach is uh, the real person they can they can lean on
5: you know, and what is it that Division 3 doesn't offer scholarships, at least in most places, but don't they have, uh, you know, financial aid or things that can help uh, a kid get into school?
3: Yeah, let me get this clear, too, Tony. Division Three does not offer scholarships. They are not permitted by NCAA rules to offer scholarships. However, they do offer what's called grant-in-aid, uh, you know, positions for, for young men and young women. So, depending on their uh, need and so forth, and depending on what kind of uh, resources are available at the school, they try to reduce the, you know, the you know, the the buying option or the buying intuition for the school and go from there. But there are no, there are no scholarships for Division three schools.
1: Okay, so it's what two on up then, Glenn, rog- when you say no scholarship, is that strictly no athletic scholarship? I mean, a person who wants to go to a D3 school that's, you know, taken nothing but advanced placement courses since he was in kindergarten, uh, can he get an academic scholarship and go to a D3 school and play sports?
3: Yeah, good point, too, Roger. I think when people mention, wow, you know, my son is a great academician. I mean, they have great grades, and my daughter has uh, received academic aid. Well, a wise uh, recruiter from a Division III school knows that if he recruits a young man or a young lady that has great academic standard, guess what? They can reduce the cost of the school because now there's academic aid for that young man or young lady, and it reduces the cost to go to that school. So, for maybe a private education at a at a at a bonded Division III school, you can probably be on par with the state education because of the academic. Uh, you know, grades that the person brings in with them. So you're right, Roger. There's, uh, there are, you know, some kind of resources that might be, uh, you know, might be available to the student because of their grades being being up there. But what great advantage there might be for some young man or woman just to just to come to a division three school to uh, maybe a smaller environment so that they can thrive and and when they're you know when they're done with that uh, athletic and uh, academic uh, four year or five year period. They're never going to look back. They're, you know, they're going to be bonafide alumni at school, and they're going to love it.
5: Absolutely. Uh, any other information that uh, that the kids need for this uh, junior combine? Like, uh, when is the last day that they can contact their coach and get signed up?
3: Yeah. Thanks, Tony. And if you give me just a minute or two. Sure. Uh, again, I, I mentioned at the beginning is that the registrations all go through. Uh, their head coach and the reason for that, one of the reasons for that is just to let the, uh, the head coach know of the young men then on their team that are really looking forward to, uh, you know, to an opportunity at the collegiate level so that they can, uh, you know, begin a discussion. I mean, that that's where it should start with the high school coach, but, um, we, we wanted those, those registrations to be submitted from the high school coach really on Friday. I know that, uh, Eric is uh, doing a, the job of trying to contact any head coaches, but if there's any parents out there listing, any high school coaches listing out there, uh, there, there is a website that you can, you know, uh, get some more information about this. The, the flyer that I submitted to all the high schools, uh, is on that website and my contact information is there too. And I'll give you my phone number in a minute, but if you can go to, uh, www.wn- WNYAmateurFootball.com. Uh, you'll be able to, uh, see the same flyer that I sent over to the, uh, head coaches that, you know, delineates for them what they have to do to, you know, get in touch with Eric, Nancy, and so forth. And, uh, it all falls through and, uh, you need to contact me. My number is 716-901-5615. We'll be happy to help. But again, uh, it's next Saturday and we have to compile all of the stuff so we're trying to give you a week heads you know head start here we know there's some last minute people here but uh, Eric is pretty firm he does not uh, let anybody register at at the uh, registr- registration desk on the 13th. Uh, because we're cheating on the college coaches because we want to give them a list of the people participating, and it's impossible to do that if we do that right up to the minute.
5: Yeah, I can see that. Rod, you had a question.
1: Well, no, I don't I just have a comment. Uh, Len, you mentioned earlier you're honored and privileged to put this on every year. Well, it's a two-way street, Len. I think the uh, youngsters of Western New York are privileged and honored to have you do this every year for as far back as I can remember. And on behalf of all uh students in western new york uh you know pr- prominent prospective athletes thanks so much for what you and eric do yeah not only for this but you also have the recruiting night in what uh december was that uh yeah usually because it always conflicts with the al pastor so yeah first week of december
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right Raj. no good is uh, i mean no date is really great for the recruiting night but uh i appreciate all of your comments and believe me it's uh Eric and I love doing this thing because it's a way to, you know, to give back to the game. It's been so gracious to us. And, uh, believe me, it's a, it's a win-win thing for the kids. And by the way, uh, I got to tell you guys this too. This is the cheapest combine for a young man in the history of combines because it costs them $5 and and the $5 goes to their t-shirt that they get. So really it's almost no cost and we're doing this thing. Because it's sponsored by the uh, by the alliance, and uh, we're thankful for that. And certainly, as I mentioned before, we're really thankful to St. Francis for giving us an opportunity to, to showcase their place.
5: How has the turnout usually been for this?
3: Well, you know, we're uh, we're looking forward to about one hundred and twenty five, one hundred and forty uh, uh, juniors. Not bad, juniors, not underclassmen, which is good because we're we're trying to focusing on uh, you know, the graduating class for next year, so to speak, to get them all together. And, you know, Tony, and again, it's really great because now these juniors are realizing, hey, we're the leaders of this team. We have to kind of figure out that we're going to be seniors. You know, it's like a, you know, it's like a rite of passage, so to speak. You know, it, 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 you have to take the reins. The seniors are gone from last year, it's up to you now to lead this next team.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Raj. No, I'm just going to say, and boy, for some of these kids that aren't used to playing on a uh, what do you want to call it? Uh, class A uh, venues and all that. Wait till they see the St. Francis venue. Boy, are they going to be impressed?
5: Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely.
3: Well, uh, go ahead, Len. Jerry, Smith, yeah, Jerry Smith has uh, done a great job in coordinating this thing and getting the power to be to let us be there. And you know, right next to the lake, it's uh, it's it's almost like Shangri La. You know, and of course they've done a not only the field, Tony, but the amenities around the field that the kids will see and the parents will see would be great
5: outstanding. Hey, Len, have a great weekend. Thank you very much for calling in and, and getting this information out there and I hope you guys have a great uh, turnout and best of luck to all those who are participating. Thanks to you and Eric. Thanks again. Alright, Len, take care. Great talking to you as always. Uh, Len It's uh, just a class guy, Raj. Absolutely class guy. Uh, probably responsible for me being in this, one of the people responsible for me being in this seat.
1: Anthony, I hate to be overly critical. Oh, no. The the correct pronunciation is Yankiewicz. Yankiewicz. In the old country.
5: In Yancey, right? Instead of yeah, Jancy. I
1: <laughs> I've got it. I've got it.
5: All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into news and notes, talk about the the effect that the weather's had on uh, baseball and softball. So I have all of that and more on Inside High School Sports you're listening to. Oh, by the way, if you're driving around in your car and you missed the information that Len gave out, Nate's going to post the show on our website, WGR550.com. You can go back a little bit later on and get the information there. We'll catch you on the other side of this break. We're back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Tony Calagiri, Frank Wolf, Roger Weiss, Marquel Slaughter. He's in for a visit, coming to hang out. Lot to talk about today, guys. Uh concerning water and rain but uh and, we not do nec- to- <laughs> and not necessarily in that order yeah exactly <laughs> uh we do have to get into news and notes uh let's see tonight a reminder the buffalo blitz they're taking on the glensfall gladiators it's at uh riverworks 359 uh it was at ganson street go check it out uh, kids get in for free so uh shout out to my buddy Al Chase and John Augustine and everybody else involved with the Buffalo Blitz football organization again that's at uh, Riverworks tonight at 6:30 uh, kids are in free nice i might have to take the little guy there
1: do we uh you said kids get in free. Is it your actual age or the age you act?
5: <laughs> <laughs> Good point, Roger. <Raj. laughs> we'll test
1: the waters tonight. Uh, Tony,
4: I've I got some news and notes here. The uh, New York State Public High School Athletic Association Executive Committee had their meeting uh, on Friday, and some of the topics that were discussed and voted on, number one, the most important um, uh, I should have that right there. Oh, the topic of non-public schools part- participation uh, has been going on since July of 2016. The 22-member executive committee did not support continuation of exploration of additional sections for non-public and charter schools. The vote was 14 to 8, so things will remain
5: as is. Yeah, I see some people are upset about that on uh, social media.
2: It's, it's ridiculous because they're canceling the exploration phase they don't even want to look at yeah they don't even really it. want to talk about it it's, it's nuts no discussion
4: <laughs> no discussion uh, we will not
2: talk about that <laughs> and the story but then again you got coaches that complain about it in the backgrounds but when it's time to vote on it
4: right. on nah, it so
2: you can't have it both ways
4: no um a couple other approved items, uh, the Glen Falls Civic Center is approved to host the girls state volleyball championships 2018 to 2020 and Middletown High School was approved to host the boys soccer state championships 2018 to 2020. Also, a drone policy was approved for scrimmages, regular season and post-season competitions. So What's that
5: for videoing? You, you want to set yeah. up a drone and yep.
4: video? Fly bys flyovers. Neat. So you know, you. I mean, if you're not at the game, you might be able to watch through one of these drones. But they they only stay up for thirty minutes. But st- you know, with the batteries, you got to change the batteries left and right
5: on them things. Nate would throw at the uh, drone, wouldn't you, Nate? <laughs> <laughs> See if
1: I can knock it out of this out of the air. Um, hey, that's, that's no joke. You uh, you'll have some crackpots out there. You know, just want to. You know, oh, I'll bet you. I'll bet you you can't
4: hit that. Uh, yep. <laughs> A bunch of signings uh, this past week. I'll get into that. Uh, Joe Smith from Leuport is going to go play rugby at St. Bonaventure. Uh,
5: Bonnie's I've, building up a nice rugby program. Well, they always had a nice rugby program. A yeah.
4: couple of students from Lakeshore. Kerry Ignachik is going to golf at University of Pittsburgh-Bradford. And Alex Healy, a swimmer, will continue on at Gannon University. Jordan Fox of NT is going to play volleyball at Medai. And St. Joe's had a number, Oh, more than a dozen kids signed this past week. Uh, Mike Rizzo, St. John Fisher Volleyball, Jordan O'Brakta, and Turner Durgill are going to Canisius College for cross-country and track. Uh, Carmine Tronalone Jr. is going to play soccer at SUNY Environmental Science and Forestry. I don't know where that's, Markel, any idea where that is?
5: Never heard of it.
4: Forestry? I think that's in Syracuse. They got a soccer team. Oh, the Carmine one. Jr. is heading out there Michael Wright's going to Fredonia for soccer Gabriel Flowers football Louis Sirachi Jr. football and lacrosse at Long Island University Michael Motley, e- ECC football Hunter Dimitrov, Edinburgh for football Our boy Freddie Nixon's going to Gannon They're getting a lot of great athletes at Gannon yeah. University Freddie's going there to wrestle, great wrestler Caleb Cockrell, basketball Trevecca, Nazarene University Hmm. Say that three times real fast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me. Jeffrey Goris, Mercyhurst Golf, Matthew Colucci, Baseball, College of Brockport. Bunch of baseball guys here. These guys are all playing baseball. Renato Quinones, Duval College, Dennis Gagliardo, St. John Fisher, Robert Principe, Rose Holman Institute of Technology, Colin Miller, another guy going to Gannon University, and Jared Wellnowski, Hilbert College. Uh, all kids from St. Joe's that committed this past week. Uh, there are a couple of Western New York uh, football players down in Brooklyn right now at the Future Phenom Showcase, which is being hosted right now. Uh, Dylan McDuffie and Malik Stryker from St. Francis, along with Paul Woods, wide receiver from Canisius. It's good luck to those guys. Give them a shout out. And last but not least, my player of the week. I mean, we didn't. We're not really doing much. You know, everything's rained out. Nobody's these days, playing anymore. except but, for lacrosse. You know, I'm going to give my Homer. Uh, Player of the Week to Dom Schmidt, a sophomore from Kenmore West. This past Wednesday against loopport. he went 4 for 4 with a double and pitched a complete game with 9 Ks, 9-2 nine win, Ken West over Louport. An actual
5: baseball game got in?
4: A few of them got in that day.
5: Wow. But I don't think
4: anybody had the kind of day that Dom had, so congratulations to him. How about a
5: shout-out to a coaching friend of mine in Niagara Falls. Ron Cerrito uh, was, uh, received honors last night as one of the top Uh, Cops in Niagara Falls, big shout-out to him. Uh, So always nice to see that kind of stuff. There's a
4: little bit of a coaching carousel going on too, Tony. I know that a lot of our listeners want to know what's going on with Mike McCarthy at Mount St. Mary's. There's still a lot of pushback from parents and players looking for uh, the Mount to bring Coach McCarthy back. Uh, I talked to Mike earlier this week. He doesn't believe that's going to happen. He's still out there interviewing. Best of luck to Mike. He's a great guy. We've had him on the show and I know he's going to land somewhere. And wherever he does, that school is going to get a hell of a coach. And those kids are going to get a gr- a great male role model. Um, I know Karen Catalano's out at Lockport. Uh, she's uh, she's taking a leave of absence uh, from uh, from coaching. Um, I know that uh, they're getting ready to name a coach real soon. Uh, and that's about it.
5: I have won the seventh uh, annual Sean Patrick Scott Memorial baseball, softball tournament that was to be held at Cardinal O'Hara High School today and tomorrow has been canceled, and uh, we were sorry to report uh, that. I That's know a long-time
2: staple, ain't
5: it? Yeah, it's well 7th annual they were mm-hmm. uh, hoping to get in, but uh, maybe next year we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed and we will uh, announce that then.
1: Yeah, just what we need, and I'll get that after news and notes because it's a topic I wanted to bring up today, but... Uh I want to give a shout to a two thousand and thirteen graduate of Hamburg High School. You might have heard the name if you uh you know loiter in uh the softball uh, venues. Uh, Bridget Hogan again, class of two thousand and thirteen, uh leader all western New York on uh Hamburg Lady Bulldogs uh two thousand thirteen state championship team and two thousand and twelve uh semifinalists in the state. Uh, She's passing up her uh, last year of eligibility. She had a medical red shirt, I believe, her what would have been her sophomore year there. Uh, She is going to graduate from the nursing program at Niagara in four years while she was playing softball. It's a good trick if you can do it. And it's my understanding she has already uh, been offered a nursing position at Kenmore Mercy uh, Hospital. So I want to give a shout to her. Uh, one of my all-time favorites uh, in western New York, and I have a lot of them. I've spent uh, a
5: lot of time in that
1: hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, wasn't Hurricane Fran a resident there for a while?
5: Um, at some point, yeah. yeah that that's and Miller Fillmore.
1: Uh, also, got to give a shout. And uh, You remember Sam Youngman? Uh, we had her in here to do la- girls lacrosse. Yeah. Uh, well, one of her uh, high school teammates, uh, I believe, I hope I get this right, Allison... Casper Zach, she had 10 goals in a game uh, earlier this week, <laughs> and she probably will pass Sam and may become the all-time goal scorer for the East Aurora uh, Lady Blue Devils. So I thought we'd be remiss if we didn't give her a shout. Wow. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, well, no, the other thing I mentioned, be- because you mentioned the tournament that's being canceled. Yes. Now, that's two more games, at least, that City Honors is not going to be able to make up for softball. Now, I don't know if you saw, and this thing totally puzzles me. City Honors uh, Lady Centaurs, they went independent because of the relatively weakness of the overall uh, girls softball program in the Buffalo schools. Now, I saw something where it's my understanding that they have to play a minimum number of games in order to qualify for the postseason in Western New York softball, which totally blows my mind. I mean, if they finish up two and three, three and two, whatever, but don't have the quote minimum unquote games, why are they not allowed to participate yet a team? And, oh, I don't know. I'm going to use Loopport because I know it would be facetious. Suppose Luport in the, uh, Niagara Frontier League went, uh, what, 0 and 14. And I say facetious because they're one of the top teams. That's why I specifically picked Loopport. Yet they can go to the, you know, postseason in Section 6, but yet because they play an independent schedule. And the problem with playing the independent schedule with rainouts and all that, the non-league games automatically get trumped if there's an opening for a league game to make up a rainout.
5: If anybody has Section 6 that's listening, if you have an answer for Roger, uh, please call in at 803-0550. Yeah, we do have questions. and You know, this is something that, well, you have some uh, clarification, didn't you?
4: Well, I, we, I interacted uh, this earlier this week with Brett Banker from Kenton School District. Um, he wears many hats, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. <laughs> okay, so we had some questions for him, and he, he answered what he could for me. Um they had the, Their section in particular had requested that the state consider waiving the seven-consecutive-day rule to allow them to use Sundays. That was denied. Mm. Uh, there was a discussion about moving the baseball and softball seating meetings back a day or two. That was denied. Mm. Uh, to his understanding, although not confirmed, it's that the section baseball and softball committees were asked to consider altering the PowerPoint formula and divide wins by the total number of... Of league games actually played rather than by the league games
5: originally scheduled. Well, that doesn't help an independent that's not in the league. It will not help. Okay, just
1: for clarification for those, well, what's the difference? The difference is supposing Will North and, uh, let me change that Will East and Will South were in the same division, and for whatever reason, they. Have a league game on the last day that they possibly could, or they're making up a rainout on the last day, then that gets rained out. For purposes of power points, it's like a double forfeit. Both teams get a loss out of that. It's not like, you know, the normal circumstances where, well, it just don't count. Yes, it counts as a loss.
4: Last mm-hmm. but not least from Brett if the NFL schedule, this is speaking from the Niagara Frontier League, is not complete, they'll enter sectional play with whatever our power points are. And once teams are eliminated from sectional play, they'll come back and resume league games. And he says it's always our priority to crown league champions using the fairest method possible. League titles are a priority in the NFL, not seeding points.
5: Hmm.
1: Well, no, that makes sense. You know, you yeah, know, why perfect. can't they play a game? You know, after they're eliminated from the section, if they haven't played their maximum of 20 games or their, what, 14 league games, why not? What's to stop them?
5: Yeah, get the games in.
1: You know, it's just, you You know, if you don't do that, you're taking away uh, games from the kids.
4: Well, there, you're going to see a lot of doubleheaders this week. As long as the weather com- uh, is fair.
5: Well, the starting research- Monday, I guess it's supposed to dr- start to dry, or at least it's not going to rain. But I mean, I saw a picture of maritime oh, uh, oh baseball. My gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Markwell, try to describe <laughs> that picture because I've never seen anything <laughs> like it.
2: Um, have you ever seen Lake Erie? Because. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I don't want to say it's flooded, but I did see fishermen hanging around the if baseball zone. So was
2: Lake Erie South? Is that what you're saying? If you want to steal second base, you're going to need a boat. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what you or need. Or scuba
5: gear. I mean, I don't want to say that they have a lot of water, but I saw SpongeBob and Patrick <laughs> hanging around. I'll tell you, it was nice, though, this
4: morning. I went by Will North on the way here, and you got two softball teams getting ready to go at it at 10 a.m. I believe that was North and Jamestown. And yeah, then- that shocked me. Amherst and Will North soccer. Uh lacrosse, excuse me, lacrosse ready to go.
5: Maybe Dennis Sorrow can help us out uh, a little bit in figuring all of this out. Good morning,
6: Dennis. Morning, Tony. Do you have any help for us, buddy? Yeah, see the honors can play in the section. It doesn't matter. They don't have a, a, a limit on games they can play.
1: Well, I just whatever it was, Dennis, I saw something, I don't know whether it was on the website or in the newspaper. That they have to make up a minimum. I thought they had to play a minimum of ten games to be uh, qualified for the section. I'm glad. I hope you're right because uh, that would be a travesty if uh, City Honors wasn't allowed to participate in the sectionals.
6: No, they don't have to have a minimum games and they they just play an independent schedule. But you know, they, there's no way they have to have a minimum games, and especially with the weather the way it's been this year.
5: Well, Dennis, how's the? I mean, you know, I'm sure coaches are talking. How are we going to make up these games? How are we going to get in, uh, you know, all of our games? What is what are you hearing? Oh, a lot of teams
6: are going to have to play double headers. I mean, you know, you take a day off during the week and try to get them in on a Sunday. You play double headers during the week, start you know a little bit earlier. When two five inning games?
1: When you say double headers, is that like uh? for example, uh, both teams played each other in the same doubleheader?
6: Yeah, same place.
1: I mean, is there a, quite a few of them where uh, both teams have had, hadn't played each other with all the rainouts? outs? Uh, you know, that's fine. If I know like uh, down in uh, ECIC 4 it is. I know Eden has played a few doubleheaders early in the year, five inning games to get them out of the way.
6: Well, Another way you could do it too is you know, like on a Saturday, you go Take Niagara Falls, for instance, you know, you've got the two turf fields. You take all your varsity teams up there and you, they did it while, uh, a couple of Saturdays ago when you play all uh, your varsity teams go there and you put, you got all day to play. And you just mix and match like, Cameron West went up there and played, uh, uh, Lockport and then he played CSAT. You don't have to play that team. You just go to a facility like that on a Saturday and you, you're, you a lot of games then.
1: They did that last week at Will North, the, uh, Depew tournament that was canceled. So Will North, Depew, Frontier, and St. Mary's of Lancaster each played two games. Uh, obviously the games that weren't played were Will North and Frontier would have been league opponents. So they didn't play, but the other, uh, four teams combined.
5: Yeah, I found out too late. I'd uh, heard that Kemmer West was up in my neck of the woods in Niagara Falls playing, uh, last, uh, last week. could have gone and watched it. Hey Dennis, thank you very much for uh, helping us out. No problem. All right, take care. Good to talk to you, Dennis Sorrow. All right, guys, let's take a break. When we come back, we're gonna kind of, you know, get into uh, a little bit more of this. And Nate Geary had a really good point that uh, we'll discuss on the other side of the break. Oh, yeah. <music> I never get tired of this. Love the police. All right, one last segment. We got Sal Capaccio coming up next. Lot to talk about there concerning the bills and Sabers' general manager search. Uh, Any chance Roger and I, or Frank, in contention for GM job? No.
0: You know, as long as you're willing to uh, accept a pay cut. Sale's saying no way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sale didn't even bring us a mint julep for Derby Day. (laughs) Oh Oh, yeah, Kentucky Derby
5: later on. Got to watch that. Can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Love the Kentucky Derby. I
1: hope that you know. I'm a sentimentalist. You know how I feel about animals. I'd love to see that uh, patch. Have you seen that horse? No. His one eye lost an eye through surgery and all that. But uh, it's obviously the sentimental betting favorite because I guess the early morning line was 20 to 1. As of when I left the house, I guess they were already down to 14 to 1. So there's a lot of people betting on that. And in the Kentucky Derby with 20 horses, any horse could win. The Preakness and the Belmont, the horses are going to run more tour to form because you only have, you know, seven to ten horses running. They don't have the double gate like they have at right. the Derby and all that. Well, well the
5: conditions is going to play a big part.
1: Well, yeah, but, uh, the, the one guy at on the TV this morning, I guess the drainage, the drainage there is like the drainage at the Delaware Park, uh, uh, golf course, I guess after it rained back in the uh, Noah Ark's day for 40 days and 40 nights, a half hour later, uh, it was dust on the Delaware Park golf course. That's how it was. I guess it's the same way at, uh. So it won't be muddy conditions then, is what you're saying? If it stops raining by two by the time 6.30 or whenever the horses go off for of the derby, it'll be a. It won't be a fast track, but it won't be a sloppy or muddy track either. Oh,
5: okay. Uh, Nate brought up a great question before the show we were talking, and that's how to manage uh, the arms now, you know, with the new pitching rules and everything. So you're talking about, uh, and I know it doesn't apply uh, in softball, but it is going to be in baseball. Uh, how do you manage your arms now?
4: Well, the well, JV players haven't really played a lot, so I would imagine – you're going to bring in a few extra arms, especially if you're playing doubleheaders this week like we're expected to.
1: Well, uh, I was at the uh, OP uh, Lancaster game Wednesday, I believe, whenever it was, and uh, Tom Prince was there. Uh, I said to him, you know, because by this time Lancaster was up, oh, my God, it was 14 to nothing at the time. They were just having a good old time. And I was disappointed. I didn't go there to see LG Castillo be uh, – Uh, Intentionally walked every time he come up to the plate, but first base was but first base was open. Anyway, I says, "Tom, look at the score. Why isn't Lancaster pulling and using other pitchers?" And he said, "His guess was they weren't doing it because they were banking on the weather, and there wasn't going to be any other games for three or four days. They were going by the weather report and all that." So he wanted to
5: get the work in for their starter. Then, yeah, oh. And by the way, if you want to check out some of Tom Prince write ups that's been uh on our Facebook page, he's been posting a lot of stuff a there. Go uh, go go check it out in depth looking at the, the games, who's doing what. But yeah, so now you have to figure out, okay, am I gonna put my ace out uh on Tuesday, then he's gonna be available when? And my number two guy. And then okay, when you get through all these games, you're cramming everything in, n- now you have to get ready for uh the uh, matchups against Rochester.
4: How to manage it, I don't exactly know uh, hopefully a coach may be call in the last few minutes or so, but you every team has
5: a plethora of pitching at this level, yeah, but when you' real- when you go for that win they're they're relying on one or two arms, and not too many teams True. are three and four True. arm deep
4: right now you're playing for your lives, I mean you have a shortened season, and there's there's not a lot of time to get these
5: necessary points to move on, right. So what's the what's the importance then getting your your uh, seating points, or say okay I would risk uh, where I, my standing in the seedings if I get my ace i I know I'm gonna take care of a team that's higher seeded than us. I think you're gonna see
2: a lot of upsets in the playoffs because I they they're gonna want to save their arms. I think they'll risk their seeding and surprise people maybe on the road or something and um kind of the lower seeds. Well you'll you'll see a plethora of lower seeds beating higher seeds that tried to take advantage of using their their um their
1: arms. To me there's really no quote home field advantage in baseball. I don't think. Yes, if Jamestown's got to travel up to Lockport, yeah, there's an advantage for Lockport. I mean, you know, you're talking a 2-hour bus trip stuff like that. Other than that, I don't see the uh, advantage in all that. I think uh, I'm playing to
4: win. And
1: then he, well yeah, but that brings up another question. All right, you're going to pitch. You got a sectional championship coming up. Mm-hmm. Do you put your number one pitcher in that game or number two and uh, put number two to save your number one pitcher for the Far West Regionals? Or do you not roll the dice and figure you'll go with your number two pitcher, especially now if they're doing pitch counts? And are there going to be four days difference now between the sectional championship and the Far West Regionals? Around here, you can't do that because you're at the mercy of old man weather, like we've been for the last two plus weeks.
5: Yeah, there's no saying that uh, we won't get more uh, rain in the future. We don't, you know, you can't. Uh, we're not Don Paul. We can't figure this stuff out. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to ride those big horses.
1: I got one more quick question. All right, very. We, we, we were talking about Lancaster, uh, uh, Orchard Park baseball. When these coaches call in scores, do they mellow down the finals? Because the Buffalo News reported that the final score in that game was ten to two. Anthony, when I left that game, the score was fourteen to nothing. How Damn. do you lose four runs? Now I don't know. I'm not saying this is the news's fault. Was well, this is how it's reported? Is there some kind of gentleman's agreement that we don't make it look as much of a massacre as it actually is?
5: I don't know. That's. I- not that big of a deal in me. All right. Let's get out of here. Sal Capaccio's coming up next. We'll talk to you guys next week with more Inside
0: High School Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better